Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. What's going on, Anthony? Hey, David. Welcome back. Thanks. Congratulations. I guess, as always, you, but not as always me these days on the on the Heat Check Podcast. Yeah, you've been busy, obviously, covering the Panthers' uh, playoff run and had a little wedding you had to yeah. attend, I guess. Um, so congratulations on that. Happy to have you back. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. And I was able to check in back on the heat beat just in time uh, to watch the season really uh, fall apart in those last two games. Uh, we are also once again uh, joined by Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press, who did an excellent job filling in for me. We decided to have him back, even with me uh, back on the show. Tim, what's going on? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the new hello. Just hi. Yeah. Just the exact Can, opposite. Yep. Uh, I need to. That's I need probably, to pass. What, this, that's probably need, what this season deserves, honestly. It, it really, it just there's kind of like a hey or a sup. sup. Nice to see you. We'll exactly. You again was, no, it wasn't nice to see you. It'd be nice, nice, nice to see you next year. Yeah. Uh, I have to, of course, uh, chime in as Anthony did, uh, since it's our first time all together. Congratulations, newly yeah, married. Thank man. you. Very thank happy you. for you. My wife was very excited. She never listens to the podcast. Is, um, isn't that know. awesome to say? Like the first, like the first hundred yeah. times. My wife, my wife, my wife. She was, so she was cool? very excited to hear uh, all the shout outs on uh, on the podcast. But I guess that was two weeks ago, probably now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was it was good. It worked out perfectly. The only thing I was worried about was the weather, and the weather was perfect. So uh, we did the whole thing outside. So we were able to keep it pretty normal. And like literally the day before the wedding or two days before the wedding, maybe was like the CDC guidelines of like, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. And like pretty much everyone there was vaccinated. So uh, it, it made it kind of like a end of COVID end of pandemic party for, for I think a lot of people too. try explaining that to people 40 years from now I know. When, you're at, when you're looking at your wedding album being like, why were you all covering your face? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, see, the world then was. Anyway. Exactly. Um, but like I said, it, it caused me that and the Panthers. I, I was kind of, I feel like I missed a lot of the end of the heat regular season and obviously the start of the playoff run. But I was able to check back in uh, just in time for the last two games. Uh, the last two games ever, I guess, at American Airlines Arena um, before it gets named after a cryptocurrency uh, company, like everything will probably be in the next 10 years. Um, but Checked right back in time to uh, watch it really fall apart. That th- game three, uh, obviously after that, it was kind of felt like it was over. Then game four, they were feisty for a little bit and kind of imploded in the third quarter, which uh, I think considering the all the stakes was not particularly surprising. But um, I don't even know necessarily where to start. I guess you guys probably covered a lot of like, because the same issues basically persisted through all four games of this series, right? So like, doesn't feel like we need to like break down exactly what happened in this series. I think it's more about what happened in this season. And obviously, um, you know, players talked after the game and a little bit about the year as a whole and, and the marathon of, of the last, uh, I guess, 15 months, basically, for these guys, or maybe not quite that, but basically, you know, eight, nine, 10 months playing nonstop. Um, and then obviously you got to talk to some guys. I wasn't on on Monday, but talk to some guys at their end of season exit interviews. Do you want to kind of start there? Just like what, what are some been some of the revelations or, or kind of thoughts people gave over these last um, 
two, three days, uh, trying to kind of put this season in perspective that, that maybe kind of stood out? Well, one, I, I think we finally got a few of the players and even spoke to admit how long this, se- yeah. you know, how, how grueling the schedule was. Um, just not only this unique regular season schedule, but the short turnaround, the short offseason after making the finals and, and just kind of the grueling nature of being in the bubble and just having to come right back and have training camp like a month or two later. Um, it was a lot. Um, and, you know, I don't know, probably this season would not have gone much differently, but it, it was something that this team was dealing with, trying to get its um, – just trying to bounce back from just an unprecedented um, an unprecedented schedule. So, But uh, the, the other thing that sticks out is I think they were just very surprised of how the season ended. Yeah. You know, I don't I – don't, obviously, they didn't expect to be swept, but they really thought they – they, they really thought they could, you know, they were playing their best basketball at the end of the regular season. Um, they, you know, they they almost got to the four seed. They just finished like a game behind the four seed. Like they almost got to the four seed because they were winning so many games toward the end of the year. Um, and they, they they entered the playoffs with some momentum and it was totally like just neutered by Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee just dominated the series. And yeah, that first game went to overtime, but to then lose like by 29 plus points in the next two games. And I think they lost the last game by like 18, 17, 17. points. The average yeah, margin so of victory was like 20, 20 something. Yeah. Yeah. 20 and a half. Like it was just uh, the, the, the Heat's biggest lead of the series happened in game four. And I think it was like at, I don't know, around 12. 10 points or something. 12, like that. Like 12 points. Yeah. So it was just the Bucks completely dominated the series. And, and the fact that Jimmy Butler and, and Bam kind of just struggled throughout the throughout it um, was surprising too. It was just, I don't think anybody expected um, just the way the season came to a, a screeching halt like that. I, you know, I, we, I picked the Bucks to win the series, but I picked the Bucks to win the series like in six or seven games. I did not, I did not see a sweep coming. Um, so I think those are the two things that really stood out. They were surprised how it ended. And then just guys admitting, you know, how tough the schedule was. Yeah. I, I thought, I mean, and, and Barry Jackson wrote it really well a couple of days before it all ended that the, the series was lost, you know, in the yeah. last week. I mean, the series was lost in the series, but they really did themselves no favors, you know, in January. I mean, and you look at the games that got away. I mean, the, the, when, when, when you really go back and dissect the season, it, it's not, I mean, Milwaukee manhandled them. I mean, you know, Miami was in Milwaukee's head for a year. I mean, you could see it. You saw it on, what was it? The second day after Christmas or third game of the year when they came into Miami, saw that Eastern conference championship banner and made 29 threes and beat them by 47 points. Um, I don't know to this day how the heat won the next night. That's kind of wild that they were able to turn around and win the next night. And that ended up being the only time they beat the Bucks all season. I mean, Milwaukee had beaten Miami six times in four years, and they beat them six times this season, yeah. which is crazy to put it in those terms. And I, the series was the better team won. I mean, you know, and now now the roles are reversed. Now it's going to be Milwaukee in Miami's head for a year. And I, I have always thought the Heat are better when they are chasing someone. I don't know who the villain was this year. Maybe they didn't have one. And maybe this team needed that. I think there was a lot of things you can point to and say, if they had this game back, if they had that game back, the testing was this, the, 
the schedule, Jimmy missing 10 games because of COVID, um, injuries, everybody has the same litany of, of issues that they can talk about this season with the exception of the Utah jazz pretty much. And Mm -hmm. that's why they went 52 and 20. Um, I think there was relief, not, there was no joy in the loss. And I think there was relief though, that it's over. I think it was, especially when it got to three Oh, you know, they didn't quit, but they sort of knew. I think at that point, obviously that the, that history says you're going to lose. And sure enough, history was right. That's that all said it's June. Yeah. I mean, this thing starts up again in September. I mean, right now we, we don't know definitively anything, but everything I've been, everything's been indicated to me is opening night of the NBA season is October 26th. Yeah. Um, a couple of these guys could be going to the Olympics. Like there's, we, there's- we could have, we could be seeing seven of these guys in the Olympics. I don't think we will. Yeah, we could have guys playing for, you know, I mean, how many games am I going to have to go to there if Serbia qualifies? Yeah, you know, Belly. I don't know if Belly will be part of the Heat, but you know, I think the Heat will have representation. It sounds like on the Nigerian team, which has mm-hmm. qualified for the Olympics. Uh, the door is open if Jimmy Bam and Duncan um, express interest. They're in the U.S. pipeline, of course. Of course, the U.S. is qualified, so it's going to be an interesting summer on a lot of levels. But I, I thought. The, the takeaway for me from this series, just to answer the original question that was posed 10 minutes ago by you, David, was watching games three and four in person. It looked like it was 10 on five out there. Yeah. The Bucks were just so huge, so long, so into everything Miami wanted to do, so aggressive and taking it all away. Um, it was just, it was masterful by Milwaukee. It really was. Yeah. You, you, you rarely see the Heat really have no answers, especially, you know, with, you know, since Eric Spolcher became head coach, but they really had no answers. Like, they had no answers. It was just everything the Heat tried to do, the Bucks countered and adjusted and, and found an answer to it. it. It was just, yeah, I mean, and every adjustment Milwaukee made seemed to work. I mean, whether it was Giannis on Giannis on Jimmy, you know, the way Brooke was playing Bam, the way the Bucks took away the paint and forced the Heat to shoot outside shots, which, you know, we talked about the Heat's inconsistent shooting for most of the season. And that's kind of what did them in in this series. I mean, they got open outside shots, got open mid-range shots. They couldn't just, they just couldn't hit them. It was one of the things too, but I mean, just the yeah. size disparity, the size too. Not, yeah. not just the height. I mean, so much got made of the rebounding thing. Length. Like this, yeah. this team didn't care so much about rebound right. differential. I mean, they, they weren't built for that. It was bully ball. I mean, yeah. it really was. And, you know, give me a lot that. This notion that of bubble frauds and what people like to say, stop. That's just just comedy. That was not the same Milwaukee Bucks team. Yeah, this was a Milwaukee Bucks team on a mission to end Miami. Yeah, yeah. That's why ultimately, man, did they do it? That's ultimately kind of the one thing that really surprised me was just kind of the Jimmy. I don't want to say no show. He did have a triple double in that last game. Yeah, Yeah. quieter triple doubles I can remember, but like. The fact that he, you know, he's going to be, I, I don't know where, like, Tim, you put him on All-NBA or anything like that, but he's going to get a lot of All-NBA votes, like first, not, probably not first team, second, third team. Um, and I voted him first team, so we'll yeah. get one at least. Got at least I, <laughs> I did not have him on my All-NBA ballot. I shouldn't reveal that so before it comes out, but I, I did not have him on there. Anyway, he's going to, like, he had that kind of season, right? Where it, Yes, no, no, no he absolutely had, yes. 
And, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up there. It wouldn't shock and me. Then, and then after last season, last playoff run, obviously, I think we came to expect that Jimmy, like, even when all else is going to fail for the Heat, like, Jimmy is going to get his. And the Bucks were able to take that away. Um, and in a way, obviously, you know, they did not last year. Although Jimmy, obviously, I think he had some games in that Bucks series last year where he didn't put up huge numbers, but they obviously didn't need it. Um, well, it wasn't even so much the numbers. It was just the impact. I mean, th- right. They, he was just, they, he wasn't able to control the game in the exactly. same way. They, and- they made Miami play uphill the whole time. And you can only chase the lead for so long. Eventually you break. Yeah. And that's why the third quarter in game four, as soon as Milwaukee got the lead, it wasn't particularly dramatic because Chris Middleton got the lead on a pair of free throws. But as soon yeah. as they got the lead, you could just feel everything come out of the building. Yeah. And you knew at that point it was a matter of time. Pretty quickly after that. Yes, it did. Like, 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 you know, like a minute, it got to like 10 and that was it. It's also hard to control the game when you're, you know, when the team is up by 20 at the end of the first quarter. Oh yeah. Those games two and three, like Jimmy's game is not made for, you know, rallying from a 20 point deficit. Like he's, he's one to be, you know, to, to come up to keep a game close and then come through late in the game. Like he's not making six, three, seven threes a night. So that really, I think I'm not saying, he would have played differently, but I think it really changed the series Definitely. for him. Just having to play uphill like that. Like well, and it was saying. it was less ultimately with how you know the Heat obviously in the finals last year were overmatched, and that's why Jimmy was able to like be so spectacular. Basically, was because he had to, right? Um, and it was just like not you know the, there's a commercial like that has air, been airing a lot during the playoffs where it kind of shows it shows the Jimmy leaning over the railing shot from what was that game four, maybe game five last year in the finals. I want to say five. I'm yeah. I sure. think five. Cause I think it was the one that got it to six. Um, and it's just like, it is a reminder. Like that was seven months ago that he was like, he totally ran out of gas by game six of that series. Understandable or game. Yeah. Game six kind of understandably. And like, he was not going to be able to do that for four rounds of the playoffs, which but- is probably what this team was going to need this year. And obviously he was doing it a lot in the regular season, not to that extent, but he was so much of the driver of the offense that once they ran into a team that was playing like playoff defense, obviously like ramps up to a different degree in the playoffs. Like he wasn't going to be able to single-handedly win this for the heat, which is ultimately like kind of what this team wound up needing by the end of the, the season. Oh yeah. See, I think people missed the boat on the overblown storyline to me anyway, tell me if I'm wrong of the 71 day layoff between the end of the finals and the start of the season. I don't think that was a huge problem. I think where the problem within that was, was that there wasn't a lot of time for Jimmy Bam. Of course, Bam was dealing with the shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, that thing you see it with LeBron. These guys, Jimmy and Bam this summer need, they'll get their time off. Obviously. I mean, Udonis was joking with us this week that, you know, he's pulling Bam back into the gym this week. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's going to be soon. They need to get back in the lab and they need to add to their games. That's what the great players do. Jimmy's going to have to do that. Bam's going to have to do that. Not because they lost to the bucks, because that's what you do in the off season. LeBron didn't have time to do that this year. That's not the layoff isn't why LeBron hurt his ankle. LeBron hurt his ankle because Solomon Hill and he got tangled up and they're two both really large guys. Right. And LeBron, LeBron got the worst of it. Like it has nothing to do with, oh my gosh, he's played a lot of games. That, that's why this is a really dicey thing right now. You're three months away from camp. Like when do you give yourself the mental break you need, the physical break you need, balance that with, you got to get back to work. I mean, 
Bam knows he's got to add stuff to his game. Jimmy knows he's got to add things to his game. They're, they're, it's not like either of them are, you know what I'm saying? They're not bad players by any stretch of the imagination. They are the cornerstones of this franchise. Yeah. But you need time to, you need time to add to the game because the NBA season, whether it's normal times or what they went through this year with playing like every five minutes, it seemed like there's no time really to add a lot during the season. You yeah. Do that I, now. I have to assume the like the mental exhaustion is more te- uh, taxing than the physical exhaustion. Basically, like I said, they've been going nonstop for, uh, what is it? Nine months. When, when yeah. did the bubble start last year? 10 months. And, like, and one more, well, hang on one point on the mental exhaustion and to their credit, guys didn't complain about this so much. They played the last game of the season was at one 30 on a Saturday afternoon. To accommodate for the testing that had to be done in time for guys to be cleared for that game. They had to be back at the arena at 11 o'clock Friday night yeah. to get tested. And then the weirdest thing to me, the whole thing, the season's over Saturday, right? Do you know where guys had to be between 8 and 11 a.m. Sunday? At the arena to get tested. Yeah. I think that was the mental grind of the year. Not the playing yeah. games every day. The... Yeah. I got to go get tested again at what time? I think guys will benefit just from not having to go through that for a little while. So obviously we are, what, seven months removed basically from this team being two wins away from a championship. And now we are, we're recording this on Tuesday. uh, So it won't post for, for another couple of days, but we are three days out from this team being the first team knocked out of the 2021 NBA playoffs. Obviously the answer is somewhere in the middle, right? This team is not anywhere near as good as the team that made it to the um, made it within two wins of winning the championship. They're also probably, if you run the simulation of this season uh, a thousand times, this outcome where they get knocked out, in four games in the first round in a totally non-competitive series. Uh, it probably only happens a handful of times. It was obviously kind of worst case culmination of events. Where is this team right now? It's, it's, I, it's really hard to remember like such a sharp swing, obviously from, from one year to another with, you know, most of the core obviously still intact from one year to the next. Um, but as we said, obviously a lot of just, unprecedented circumstances uh in the understatement of the year um what where, where, where do you guys come kind of come down on where this team stands right now after the whirlwind that has been the last seven eight months well I, it might be crazy like some people might call me crazy for saying this but i still think that when healthy and when right this team is the fourth best team in the east yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, yeah, I, I think that was a pretty like popular opinion before this Buck series. I still but feel now, the same way. I, but I kind of still feel the same way, even with Atlanta playing well. Um, so you know, yeah, they didn't play as well as last season in the bubble. Obviously, I mean, you look at all the numbers, you know, all the you know, base. Um, it really comes down to the offense. The offense really took a big dip this season, but I, I still think that one right to the fourth best team in the East. I think the difference is the East just got better. I mean, obviously, Brooklyn, we know what they did. Um, Philly, uh, you know, they've kind of revamped their roster with a bunch of shooters around Joel and Ben. And then the Bucks. I mean, we just saw how much better they are, you know, after adding Drew and, and a couple other pieces to their bench. You know, Brent Forbes, who he, fans will have nightmares of for the next year. I like Brent um, Forbes. 
Bobby Portis and, and just the and the adjustments they made to the way they're playing as well. Um, th- those three teams just got better. And the Heat, you know, while, you know, they, they did, I don't know if they're like a lot worse than they were last season. I don't think that. I mean, their roster is pretty similar to the one that was, they got to the finals last year, but they just didn't play as well um, at the level they were, you know, in the, during that playoff run. So I think most of it just comes down to the East just getting, the top of the East just getting better, uh, you know, since last year. I would say, I don't know if I would say they're the fourth best team. I would say they're in the top four. I don't know if the East has a best team. I really don't. Like, I think, I think Brooklyn is a, I think Milwaukee is a matchup nightmare for Brooklyn. I I absolutely, it would not shock me at all if the Bucks beat the Nets in the East semis. Also wouldn't shock me if the Nets won the whole thing, but I'm saying, I I just, I think you can put those four teams in. Now, obviously what Milwaukee did to Miami was complete. I mean, they're just, Today, where are they today? Milwaukee's better now. I mean, they're when everything's right. Yeah, that, that I still think they're a top four capable team in the East. Um, good enough if the shots go. Good enough to beat anybody. They didn't shoot it well. We know that. They didn't defend well. We know that. Uh, they weren't built to rebound well. I mean, they took they took the shot on Oladipo. Then they, then they basically found out that he was never right. Like somehow he averaged what he averaged for the last year and a half on one leg because his quad was still never right. Now they're going to start next season without him if they keep him. They could have used Kelly Olenek's size in this series. Kelly Olenek doesn't make the difference. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. Kelly Olenek doesn't make the difference in this series, but he certainly would have helped. You know, a seven-footer who does a lot of really good things would have definitely helped against the Bucks and that unbelievable offensive rebound discrepancy in particular. Um, you can go back and play the, should they have gotten Kyle Lowry game? It wouldn't have mattered. I mean, I think they would have been better, but so what? I don't know how much better he would, he would have made him in that series. Um, I, I think one thing that really hurt this team was so many got like Tyler did not take the jump. Yeah. Tyler did not graduate from his freshman to a sophomore professional season. He just didn't, he didn't make that jump. Um, by the way, can we just say this, that this whole hero for Harden thing that supposedly got nixed, can we just come out and finally say it was never real? Can we finally say it? Is that, is that allowed? We're doing this on zoom, by the way, Anthony just put up his hand. Anthony, you're raising your hand. I wanted to do it for all time's sake. Like all the zoom interviews we've been a part of. You just want to raise your hand to make me laugh again. (laughs) It was never happening. And, And also why would Houston do that? Why would I mean, Houston trade? Ty- why would Houston yeah. trade James Harden for Tyler? Use your heads. I think why? that's that's people don't seem to get that. They think the Heat could have traded for James Harden just by saying yes. That that wasn't the case. Like, it was Heat, not real. The Heat didn't have they, they just didn't have the picks to make get that deal done. Picks. I mean, look for- at all the picks Houston got. You know. You know who they could have traded. You know when you look back at it, if Houston wants a generational young player. You were going to trade Bam? Yeah. Right. What? Yeah. No. So that that was that. But I still think, and that didn't have any effect, I don't think, on Tyler and the way he played this year. He just did not make the jump. So <laughs> it's a huge summer for him. Um, Duncan got better. And then like in the finals last year, when LeBron took him away, the Bucks took him away yeah. in the last three games of this series. So there is so much room for improvement. There is so much room for 
for this team to grow. It's a critical summer because you can get back in the gym. You can go through the player development program. They're going to have a summer league. They're going to have a G league team. The things that the heat rely on are the structure and the work, the repetitiveness of the work. And that got taken away this year because of the reality of a pandemic. That's going to help them this summer. It's going to help them in the short term next year. None of it means they would have beaten Milwaukee, mind you, but getting back to the way they do business in Miami, I think that will help going into next year and throughout next year. I guess the way to put it this way is, would it surprise any of you if this team is back in the finals next year or is the gap between them and those top three in the East that, you know, just kind of lapped Miami in the off season, even without knowing what they do in free agency, it wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, you have Jimmy Butler, you have Bam Adebayo, you're going to have good players around them and they have money to spend this summer. It wouldn't shock me at all if they're back in the finals. But they got to nail that off season, right? Oh no, 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 no. You, you, it's, you're not just going to spend the money for the sake of spending the money. If, if they do, if they do it right, and if guys develop, and of course health, I mean, all the variables. Yeah, yeah. But no, it wouldn't, it shouldn't surprise to, to look at the summer and say, Miami has a good team. Miami, Miami will be a contender in 2022 for whatever it wants in the NBA. No, that shouldn't be a surprising statement. Yeah, as presently constructed, I would say it would surprise me, but I, I agree with Tim where if you have a, right. a foundation of Jimmy and Bam, and I, I'm pretty you're sure only ever one guy away. If you have you're that. one guy, exactly. You're one guy away from truly competing, you know, to getting to the Eastern conference finals. And at that point, I mean, you can't be surprised if they make the, if they make the finals. So look, if, if, if Victor Oladipo comes back yeah. for half the season next right. year, yeah, potentially depending on what they do in free agency, Victor Oladipo could be their fourth or fifth best guy. I mean, he could be the trade deadline acquisition in 2022 without, you know, having to move anybody. Cause they, I mean, if they want him, they'll already have him. So I think the potential is there. Now the Oladipo thing is huge. Yeah. That's you can't, you, can't, that's a, you can't tie everything to him, obviously, which is no, ultimately what no. they, they did last year, this year, basically out of necessity. Like what right. else they but, do? but it's but it's a heck of a potential bonus. Yeah. Right. I mean, that could be an, an element that they did not have at the end of this season, obviously. Is is it, it crazy to say that I'm I'm like more impressed by Oladipo? after knowing that his quad wasn't right and he had to have a, a, another surgery. Like he was playing. I mean, yeah, he wasn't the Victor Oladipo of two or three years ago, but now but, we know why, but now we know why. And he still showed flashes like that final game that he played for the heat. I think he had like two or three dunks in there and he, that was his best game. He was still defending at a pretty high level. Um, the shot wasn't there, but he was still getting into the paint. Like kind of impressive that he was able to do that. I mean, obviously, if he averaged 20 on one leg, then then Heat fans can expect him to average 40 when he comes there back on two legs, right? I mean, it's just, it's just doing the math. It has this, to work out that way. Yeah, be the top five player in the league. But I, I don't know. Like, I, I I do think there's something there. Obviously, it's not encouraging they have to have a second surgery. But, you know, if if he can get right and he can and him can strike a deal, you know, where it works for both sides, I, you know, I definitely think it's worth a shot. 100%. I mean, again, it's up. What, what will the market bear? Right. I mean, I don't think teams are going to say, here's $40 million. Here's the $45 million extension that you could have gotten the last summer or this fall, this past mm-hmm. fall. Here's $45 million over two years. Let's go. I don't think any team's going to do that, which stinks for Victor Oladipo, obviously. Um, he will have to choose. You you've said you wanted to be in Miami. Okay. And I think they're going to give him maybe it's not going to be a minimum. I wouldn't imagine. I think it's going to be very similar to maybe a 
you know, the, the, what, what DeMarcus Cousins yeah, has had to go say, through. Compared to recent, DeMarcus, the, we, the first year we went to Golden State. Right? It, it's going to be a prove it deal. And that's the reality. Un- unfortunately, that's going to, I, I just don't think there's going to be a huge market for him because of so much uncertainty. He will not be ready for the start of next season, yeah. it, assuming next season starts on time. So therefore you're missing camp. You're missing all the off season stuff. You're going to need months to get, get back into, I mean, even if he is cleared in November or December or January, that doesn't mean like, Oh, he's back. Like then the process really starts at that point of getting him up to speed and getting him back to where he is. It's it's going to be a very, it just takes one team to throw big money at him. I don't think Miami's going to throw a lot of its cap space at him. I don't think it can. It has other needs. Victor Oladipo has to decide what's important to him. Do you want? Do you really want to be in Miami, and 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 you know and and sort of on a prove it deal? I, 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 w- he wasn't here long enough for any of us to get inside his head. I don't know what he's going to be thinking, but yeah. that's a again, the potential potential there. If you get Victor Oladipo at eighty percent by like February, then you have Victor Oladipo for the second half of the season with Jimmy with Bam with whoever you keep, with whoever you add this summer. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. When you go in and you get Victor Oladipo, if you bring him back, you're doing it as a luxury, Where, which means you are basically like, like I said, you're not banking on him to be your third best player because you're not going to be a title contender if that's – or you're you're taking a whole lot of risk if that's your, your plan, is that Victor Oladipo is like the solution to our problems next year. Um, you're theoretically, well, fixed a lot of your problems, and then you get to throw Victor Oladipo in. Hundred yeah. percent. But again, it's a if all of a sudden if if you can right. get him on a team friendly contract and he becomes your fourth best player, right? If Victor Oladipo is your fourth best player, you have a pretty good. If if, yeah. if the Victor <laughs> then Oladipo, that, yes, if if the Victor even even the Victor Oladipo that that we saw in the four games he played for Miami this year, yeah. If that guy is your fourth best player, you have a very good basketball team. Yeah, and, and it's like you said, Tim, it's going to be probably something like an exception or something like that, like one of the Heat's exceptions of, you know, one year deal mm-hmm. you know, between five and nine million dollars. or That's so. what like, I'm thinking. I yeah. have for, for whatever reason, I have like I have like six million in my head. I don't right. know why. It's just that's that's where I think that's where I think it's pointing. I would imagine his representation will probably have a different sure. number in mind. But I mean, the reality is and again, as many GMs have said. It just takes one team. I mean, none of us seven years ago or six years ago, whenever it was, thought Tyler Johnson was a $50 million player. I mean, we thought he was a really good player, and I liked the guy a lot. He's a great kid. The net said, no, you're a $50 million player. That's how you become a $50 million player. It just takes one team. That said, not a lot of teams have the space this year. I don't think he'll see crazy money thrown at him, which I think is a really – it's a beneficial situation for Miami to be in. And and if he does get that offer from somebody – Good for him. I mean, with his exactly. injury history, like, I don't know how you pass up. Even if he wants to be in Miami, like, it just makes sense for him to take that money. You know, and, like, yeah. well, and if a team does say, hey, we'll give you 30 million for two years, you know, I applaud that team for yeah. having that much belief in him. That's, I mean, good for, I mean, you never root against the guy ever. You never, you just never root against the player. And he's, he is, again, we don't pretend to know him, know him because, you know, we didn't get to know anybody this year. It was all on Zoom. But everything that I've heard, and I have talked to him a number of times over the years, like, if you think this guy's a good guy, he really is a good guy. I mean, he, you want, I mean, 
there's some, like I said, you don't root against anybody, but there's just some players you just naturally root for more than others. I think we're all find ourselves rooting for Victor Oladipo more than we, more than most players. He's that dude. All right, so let's dive into we've, – we've kind of danced around it a little bit, but just kind of the big picture uh, off-season situation where the Heat, uh, you mentioned, uh, have a, a lot of flexibility uh, with only Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Precious Achua, and Casey Opala uh, under contract for next season. Obviously, that means a lot of important guys like Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson. Um, probably a pretty decent chance they're not here next year because they're going to uh, – had their chance to get their first big contract from someone, but it also really lets this team take a, a kind of wide look at what worked this year, what didn't work this year and what they need to do to catch up to Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly um, with all of that flexibility. Uh, obviously Victor Oladipo is, is kind of one element to it, but if you're uh, looking at, if you're Pat Riley looking at what this team needs, what, what, what sort of guys, I guess we'll say, because it's probably too early to really know who the, I mean, I think we're all going to like, you know, Kawhi Leonard, if you can get him, obviously you're going to get him. Maybe DeMar DeRozan, I guess is probably the, him and Kyle Lowry are kind of the two next biggest stars, but filling out the depth obviously is like one of the biggest needs the Heat has right now, right? After with the chance they're going to lose so much and with, so much behind Jimmy and Bam faltering throughout the season. If you're Pat Riley, what are kind of the the, the types of changes you, you kind of think the Heat could be in for this offseason? Well, I mean, Tim Tim has nailed it, this podcast. I mean, they need size. Yeah. Um, they need rebounding. I mean, I know this team doesn't necessarily prioritize rebounding, and that's fine, I think, but they do still need to add a, a above-average rebounder, I think, to the front-court rotation. Um and, you know, I, I think also, you know, we, we saw it with what's voted in this series. He put Goran into the starting lineup. They need a point. They need a point guard. And I'm not one to be about, you know, you need a point guard. But I, I think this offense is better when it has a guy like, you know, even if it's a combo guard, scoring guard like Goran, but somebody that you could trust to run the offense to take some of that pressure off of Bam and Jimmy, I think is helpful. Um, and that's where Kyle Lowry comes into the picture where I think he can really help in that area. Yeah. He's not going to help with rebounding. He's not going to help with, you know, helping bam in the paint, but he gives you shooting, which this team needs all of a sudden. And he gives you that veteran presence point guard, you know, who's still playing at a pretty high level. So I think Kyle Lowry is a name that obviously has already been come up a lot, you know, since the trade deadline, you know, when it comes to the heat, but I think it'll be a name that also comes up a lot in the next few months you know, leading up to free agency, because we know that Jimmy and Kyle are close. We know that Jimmy would want to play with Kyle. We know Kyle has some some level of interest in playing for the Heat, um, and and the fit seems to be there. So um, I, I would think Kyle is a guy that, that would kind of be a popular name this this office. And then also, you know, I, they just played him, and I don't know if he would come to the Heat, but a, a player like Bobby Portis, I mean, he is really impressive this season. He's, you know, he's a good rebounder. He can shoot the three. Um, physical, pretty good defender. Um, he's going to be a free. He's, he has a player option, but it's like three million. He's going to turn that down because mm-hmm. he'll get a raise. So, some, somebody like that that you can just add depth to the front court rotation, I think, um, would make sense. So, those are two names that you're going to hear linked. Um, my read on Kyle 
is this. I, I would not be scared off by what he said. I mean, I was on the Zoom when he said it with, with the Raptors reporters about years and money still matter to him. Um, mm-hmm. He's earned that. You know, Kyle Lowry doesn't have to take a two-year, $10 million contract from anybody. You know, he, he's earned his... He's still a 15 to $20 million player. I don't know if he's a $30 million player, but he's still a 15 to $20 million player. And I think there's, depending on what happens with the Masai Ujiri situation, which is somehow still unsettled in Toronto, I think there's a real chance that he could return to the Raptors. That said, Anthony said it right. Kyle and Jimmy have a, have an affinity for one another. Um, I think Kyle has a healthy respect for the way the heat do things. Kyle wants to compete for championships. This team played in the NBA finals seven months ago or whatever it was. There's a championship core here. There's a expectation of competing for them. Uh, Kyle likes to golf. I heard so there's sure. good golf courses in Miami. There are good. There's a few courses down here that, that he may enjoy. Um, I think a year in Tampa might have convinced Kyle that he doesn't necessarily need winter. <laughs> it's it's kind of an overrated season in so many regards. Um, there's, there's a lot to like there. That said, yes, the Heat have money. Do they want to give all of it or most of it to Kyle Lowry? They have other needs. I mean, what, what do they have under contract? Five or six guys guaranteed? I mean, you five, have five to... Guys. Five guys. So you have to, by the way, five guys sounds good. We need a, we need a sponsor. Um, <laughs> no free ads. No free ads. No. <laughs> oh, I'll stop there. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, you get, the Goron situation, you know, has to be yes. addressed. It's a team option, yeah. obviously. Um, I think they still want Goron. I think Goron still wants to play. I am pulling those two thoughts out of the air, by the way. I'm just, that's how I read the tea leaves. I'm not, I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody specifically about, okay, what is the thinking here? Um, I don't think he's retiring. I don't think he wants to. I think he has loved his time here. Um, Spo still loves him. So there's that. So I don't know if they can, I just don't know how it works with $17 million. You have the Goron situation to figure out. Andre Iguodala, I've watched a lot of last games. I don't remember too many guys hugging anybody they can get their arms around the way Andre Iguodala did. And I might be wrong. I just have to wonder if this was it for Andre Iguodala. I just have to wonder. Or does he leave Miami and go back to Golden State for like a one year? I'm going to wrap it up with the Warriors, whatever. Right. Who knows? He was on the injured list like every game this year. With him. <laughs> so, I mean, he's – I think he's a Hall of Famer. People think I'm silly for saying that. I think he's a Hall of Fame player. I really do. Um you need so whether it's Goron or whomever or Goron and someone else, you need to address the point guard spot. You definitely need size. Dwayne Dedman wants to stay here. I think they will look to keep Dwayne Dedman. I think Trevor Ariza earned a chance to stay here. It's not going to be a big money deal. Yeah. But I think Trevor Ariza earned an invite back. I really do. He was, I mean, he started for him. I mean, you know, what more did you expect? Dedman and Ariza were very, very good. I think for this group, I don't know if Belly's strengths, he's a great shooter. I don't know if his defense is necessarily something that Heat would, I, I don't know how high he'd be on the priority list, but there'll be, there's a place for him in the league. I just don't know if it's here with what this team has to do this summer. So, 
and again, they don't have a draft pick. So right. you have to, now it doesn't mean they can't get into the draft, but right now you're looking almost entirely at free agency. The Duncan thing and the Kendrick thing. I, I don't know if I had to, if I had to guess right now, I would think Kendrick goes and Duncan stays. I think the heat would almost prioritize Duncan. I think, Ken, I think somebody's going to throw big money at Kendrick and I think he's yeah. earned it. And I think, I don't think Miami's in a position to match that kind of money. Especially I think Kyle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And- they get, exactly. But Duncan has, Duncan has this, Duncan is one of the best guys at the most important skill right now. And that's shooting. And I'm not so sure the heat always, we've said this in the past about Hassan, right? The market for $98 million mm-hmm. for Hassan. They didn't overpay Hassan. They were going to lose him for nothing unless they gave him that. There was no in between. The Heat love the guys who they feel like they found and they developed. They right. have turned Duncan Robinson. I mean, he did the work, obviously. But I think the Heat highly value and are very proud of what they've been able to do with Duncan and what he's been able to do here. I think of the two, if they had to make a decision, they would lean more Duncan than Kendrick. That's just my thinking. Yeah, it, yeah. it seems like the dilemma this team is going to basically face is when you when you think about a guy like Kyle Lowry or you know throwing out the like Kawhi Leonard or Paul, Chris Paul, like who like obviously if those are the guys if they want to come here you make it happen. But like the next kind of tier of free agents like the Lowry, DeRozan, um, I think the question, the dilemma that the Heat is going to face is basically like is that enough? Like, is that one guy? Do, do we want to prioritize that, that third star? Right. Um, or do we take the Milwaukee? Pa- I mean, I, I know Milwaukee added Drew Holiday, obviously, but for the most part, the reason they're like, their role players are incredible now. And they were not at that level last year. And you can build, you can catch Milwaukee, Philly. Uh, Philly's probably the better example, really. Where I guess they just kind of retooled around the margins and went from being a team that got swept out of the first round of the playoffs last year to uh, a legit title contender by just upgrading everything around um, Embiid and Simmons and um, Tobias Harris. And that is one path that he could take, or they could say Lowry's the guy to get us over the hump. That that It feels like that is the dilemma this team is going to face this offseason. This is a name that's been out there. But I think the one guy to watch because and and by the way, I'm going to go on record right now. I, I think on opening night next season, the Heat will be the oldest team in the NBA. I believe that because I think they're going to add, they're going to look to add a Kyle. If they don't add Kyle, yeah. do you add DeRozan? Uh, Rudy Gay has wanted to be in Miami, I think, for like 27 years. Like Rudy Gay has wanted to be part of this. It, it wouldn't shock me if Rudy Gay entered into the Heat equation finally. Um, and, and could he feel like the Iguodala role? Possibly, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure. But it's. I think they're going to go the more veteran route, the more proven guy, the very defined role sort of route. Um, I, I don't – I wish there was – like they have money, but like it's – they don't ha- – like there's no like max guys. And also too, like right. I, 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 I kind of wonder if this is the summer – to take a bunch of one-year flyers and make sure you have flexibility for 22. The 22 class looks pretty good. Now we always saying the same thing about 21. That's yeah. And then everybody gets extensions and like everybody's, they're all going to do the same thing this year too. Like free agency now is basically nine months before free agency when everybody gets their extensions. But at some point that cycle will turn maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to ask that same thing. Like 
if you're the Heat, they have really two routes here. They could leverage the bird rights of the guys they have, bring back most of this team, and just operate as an over-the-cap team and then use their whatever $9.7 million full, you know, they'll have a bigger exception in that situation to add an outside free agent. Or they could renounce all their free agents pretty much except for like Duncan and Kendrick because I'm sure they'll make them qualifying offers to, you know, make them restricted free agents, obviously, and use that cap space. And, you know, that's going to be the decision they have to make. Like, I, I, think I, would, I think that's the way they go. Yeah, I, 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 I do pick too. Up the two, I think that's right. the way they go. I do too. But the, but the, the challenge is, it's like you said, with Kyle, the fit is there. I know obviously there's, in, you know, there's, there's some seems to be interest between the two sides. Um, if it gets to that, that point um, is he, if he wants years, like how many years do you give him? He's going to be 36 next year. You want to yeah. obviously have flexibility for next free agent class. Like you said, it's going to, it's supposed to be really good. If those guys do become free agents, uh, do you want to tie up future salary when he's 36, 37 and not be in the game for those guys in a year? That I mean, That's really going to be the dilemma. I mean, that was the thinking why, I mean, Chris Paul's option was why they didn't go get Chris Paul. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, cause they couldn't I mean at that time, $45 million. Oh my gosh. Like that just doesn't make sense. And now it's like, well, okay, this is kind of the way the world's going. Um, there, there will be teams that throw wrenches at them this summer. Um, if the Lakers don't repeat, and as we sit here right now, it's 2-2 going into game five tonight as we're taping mm-hmm. uh, without Anthony Davis, it sounds like. Um, you know, the Lakers are going to want an upgrade at point guard. Do they throw crazy money at Kyle Lowry? That would work. There's golf in Los Angeles. I mean, it, 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 so it's it's weird because the heat, like you almost have to like be patient, but you can't afford to be too patient. Like it's just such a delicate balance this summer. You're gonna wait and see what the market bears for guys, but then if you wait too long, like I mean, free agency, I mean, it's going to officially start on when, like the second at like six p.m. or something like that, which means at like six oh four, magically deals are gonna get done. It's a very it's a very, you got to get, you got to be really lucky, really aggressive slash really patient all at once. I think it's just, I think free agency is just going to be absolutely wild this year because it, it could be if you don't want to get all your chips in right away, but if you snooze, you lose. So, you know, Andy, Pat, Mickey, those guys, it's going to be a wild ride. Those few days of free agency, but you know, that's a brain trust that is earned, you know, the, the belief because they usually usually do pretty good in these moments. And then the ultimate <laughs> caveat, anytime you talk about uh, NBA move player movement is that someone we don't expect to be moving this summer will move. Oh yeah. Goes without saying probably right. many someone's. Yes. Look, we're, we're a few days away. I mean, Miami's out already. We are a few days away from Washington. By, probably by the time this comes out, Washington season will be done. Um, either the Lakers or the Suns are not going to the second round. Um, either the Blazers or the Nuggets are not going to the second round. There's going to be some really good teams that are going to feel like there's going to be coaching changes. There's going to be some really good teams feeling like we didn't get out of the first round. Do we blow it up? There's going to be guys who are like, hey, this isn't what I signed on for. Get me out of here. There's always going to be those surprises. 
All right, it, I think we can wrap. We can probably wrap there, unless you got. You got I had one more. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I wanted to. I kind of disagreeing with Tim, but but the Duncan Kendrick situation. I I agree that Duncan seems to more to be the more likely um, of the two to resign. Do you hear that? You I heard did. that, guys? Yeah, just start do it again. All right, three, two, one. Yeah, I had I wanted to make one more point just because um, it, I do agree that that Duncan is probably the more likely of the two, you know, when it comes to Duncan and Kendrick to resign with the Heat, just because yes, you know, Kendrick was valuable for this team and he has been valuable for the last few years, you know, as a starter for most of that time. But this team needs shooting, and we, yeah. we've we've talked about it on this episode and throughout the whole season. When you have two stars who are non-shooters like Bam and Jimmy you need to surround them with elite shooting. And Duncan is that, I mean, Duncan is one of the best shooters in the NBA, obviously. So uh, he's going to get paid. He's going to get more than 50 million a year, 15 million a year, probably. Um, and good for him. He's earned it. And he's improved. He improved this season. I mean, he was one of the guys who really took his game to another level this season when it comes to just dribbling the ball and making reads off, off pick and rolls, which he didn't have in his, in his game the last couple of years. So I, I think the heat, probably will try to bring him back just because he he adds to he makes Bam and Jimmy better. I mean you look at the advanced metrics, they're they're a lot better when Duncan's on the court with them. So it makes sense um for them to to make an effort to at least match whatever offer he gets. All right. I think we can wrap things there. Um Tim, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for filling in for me these last few weeks. Um you can follow Tim on Twitter at by Tim Reynolds. Uh, we'll definitely need you on uh, again come Olympic time and inevitably probably sooner than that. Um, so thank- we're, gonna to, we're, we're gonna have remember we're gonna have some unusual hours over there. So either you guys, are, true. You guys are either staying up late or getting up early if, if we're it's gonna pop from Tokyo. That's true. Well, well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. The beauty of the Olympics is you never really sleep. So whatever works for you guys, we'll figure out a way. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, Anthony, you got any kind of like end of the season stuff coming these next uh, few days? Well, the expectation is Pat will speak at some point soon here. So we'll have something from that. It'll be interesting to see what he has to say after the way the season ended. And just, you know, I'm going to have some player by player breakdowns coming out in the next few days of just the season ending roster and where each player stands entering the offseason. Um, so there'll be some good stuff coming um, now that the season's over, just kind of wrapping up things. Awesome. Thanks again, guys. And Tim, thanks again for for filling in while I was out. Um, We will uh, talk to you guys next week.